Hi, this is Gavin from FE News. I'm here at EPA Live talking to some of the interesting speakers on the stage, to people in the audience to get the latest developments in endpoint assessment. So this is Gavin from FE News and we're here at EPA Live. Uh, and I'm here with Tom from NOCN. Hi, good morning, Gary. Thanks for having us. And yeah, we're here at EPA Live at Wembley Stadium, so hopefully giving an insight to all things endpoint assessment today. And where are we at with endpoint assessment at the moment, Tom? So I've just been introducing to the delegates here at the conference. Uh, 2012, Richard Review, seven years ago, uh, November 2012, that was released. And for an education policy, you know, seven years of lifespan is quite a long time. So, you know, this is four years in to um, NOCN's delivery of endpoint assessment and it's just giving those reflections and those uh, experiences for our, for our delegates this morning. And obviously it's been a while since the Richard review but it's still, endpoint assessment is still new to a lot of providers, employers. What are the main challenges you're seeing from the audience today that they're experiencing and, and where do you see endpoint assessment going to in the future? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Endpoint assessment for some of these providers and employers is, is new today as it was four years ago when the standards and levy was launched. So we're getting lots of questions on just what am I supposed to be doing, how am I setting it up, what my apprentice is going to expect as an employer, what do I need to be involved with, how should I go about arranging endpoint assessment, what are the logistics around endpoint assessment, sort of those real mechanical things that, that providers and employers need to do. And especially then you've got the questions on content. What are, what are the apprentices going to be questioned on, tested on, um, and how do we make sure that our apprentices are ready so that endpoint assessment actually works for these people? So how have some of those challenges for employers been addressed and spun into positives, really? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you first start endpoint assessment delivery as a provider or an employer, there's going to be those times when it is difficult. And, and actually that does often question why we, why they're doing it, why are they involved? As their experience, they gain, gain experience and they get more, more used to the overall running of endpoint assessment, it does become business as usual. But what you find is that employers that have seen the value in apprenticeships quite early on have now realised that endpoint assessment does give that almost gold star validation to their own in-house training. So obviously we saw earlier on in the week um, the SFA released the extra ILR line in terms of 20% auditing off the job. You know, don't forget 20% is just 20%, 80% of the time they're out with that employer. So what Endpoint has done for those uh, employers that have put together new training programs or revised training programs around apprenticeships is almost validate their own in-house training for that 80% of the time. Because it's great, colleges providers doing the 20%, but 80% of the time that apprentice is with the employer. So how do they know that that 80% is actually good quality training? And, and of course, the seeing Endpoint assessment is that validation now to say, yeah, actually, our 80% of the time training on programme really does meet the standard in terms of the apprenticeship standard, but also then is independently assessed by industry technical experts to say, yeah, Mr. Employer, your training programme meets the, the apprenticeship standard and you've got X number of passes, X number of distinctions, really validates that whole lot. We're, we've talked a lot about 20% you know, off the job and the challenges that is for, for employers. Um, you're a, you know, a very large endpoint assessment awarding organisation. How do we maintain the workforce for the future? How do we maintain that dual professionalism in, in endpoint assessors? Absolutely. I, you've got to consider that some of these uh, apprenticeship standards 
are very, very niche in some instances. And not only are they niche in terms of the overall name of the standard, um, we're going we're to laugh shortly this afternoon about one that's called Bespoke Saddlerer, you know, and how niche that is. But within that, then, in some standards, you've got almost pathways and technical routes inside standards, which then drill down to another level. So to find people that are dual professionals in, yes, there are objects, you know, experienced in wind turbine engineering uh, operations and can work offshore, can work at heights, um, are up to date in terms of industry practice, and then also have an assessor. That, that is really difficult. So at NOCM, what we've done is launch a in-house uh, inside NOCM's group training program to get the technical experts that we need in some of these niche areas. We've just heard from Lucy uh, Hunt from NHS England about making sure we've got the right number of assessors trained that are live with industry competence and standard. That, that really is key to any successful EPAO. So how do we overcome the logistics and challenges for endpoint assessment? That's probably as important of a question about as is, as is what are my apprentices going to be tested on? Where are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? And how long is it going to take? They're the valid questions. When you start getting really into the nuts and bolts of endpoint assessment, who's doing it? Where am I doing it? How long is it going to last? And what do I need to do it is, is the next question from the usually from the college or training provider. And, and that takes pragmatism because until you get established as an endpoint assessment organisation, and until the training provider are established running endpoint assessments or being part of the process, those logistic questions really do throw up lots of concerns. You can have great curriculum, great tutors, great technical assessors on programme, if there's a qualification that can achieve it or not, or not if, if it's not required, but then the logistics of, right, when is my endpoint assessment gonna happen? Who's doing it? How much wood do I need to order? How many carrots do I need to order for chefs? Uh, how much steel do I need to order for my steel fixing apprentices? How much concrete do I need to order? Those kind of questions are the bit that take joint working between the employer, the train provider, and the endpoint assessment organisation, and real pragmatism and co-working because the endpoint assessment organisation will do the facilitation of the assessor going to site or going into um, uh, the employer's premises, but it's going to need that cross-working to make sure that it can get off the ground because we're going to need that support, we're going to need those materials ordering, we might need technical staff to assist, we might need operational equipment to get off the ground, we might need spaces to do the assessment. So that was nuts and bolts and, and really deep into sort of the engine of endpoint assessment are the valid questions to be considering asking. Um, and certainly if, it's, if you're not thought about those logistics and just think, you know, I'll leave it to the EPA, you know, ask the question right from the off. What does it look like? Who's doing it? Where they're coming? What do materials do I need to order? How many cubic foot of concrete do I need? How many tonne of steel do I need? How many bags of carrots does this that, Those kind of questions are real valid and, um, and it's important to ask. And, and that really starts crystallising it in the mind of the employer and provider just exactly what's going to go on. How is it going to look? What piece of evidence do I need? What's tangible in their hand then to start delivering it? Can we talk as well about um, quality? Because mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of talk recently around Ofsted in particular and we're talking about the endpoint assessment process, but Ofsted are obviously looking at the whole learner journey and sure. the relationship with, with the learner. And you know, we've got the free eyes in there as well. How can you see previous examples of actually being really helpful for providers and employers to be thinking about quality at the beginning, whilst also thinking about the endpoint assessment process. Absolutely. One of the slides that we've got us summing up today in the end session here at EPA Live is one where we talk about, so 
how do we make sure that apprentice is the right apprentice and the right apprenticeship, the right level with the right employer? I mentioned, you know, jokingly, a bespoke saddler as, a, as one of the apprenticeship standards. If they aren't working in that industry and having access to achieve those knowledge, skills and behaviours that are listed in that standard, endpoint assessment will be a real challenge because they need the exposure to those experiences in employment to be able to say, you know what, I have, I have gained these knowledges and this skill and these behaviours from my time in employment and this is what I do. Without that exposure to those kind of situations and, and experiences, endpoint assessment becomes a real struggle and we've had examples where people have come on to endpoint assessment who have been working in an industry in a loose sense but not actually doing the job that's required of the standard, that's occupational standard, um, overall role piece that's on the very first page, that are not achieving that. And when they're not achieving that, endpoint assessment really becomes a struggle. You are around pegging square hole to, to try and uh, to get things done. Um, and then you talk about quality, you know, when Ofsted come out, they're going to look at qualification or not, they're going to look at that apprentice's progression from day one of their enrolment against the standard to their gateway what teaching and learning has taken place and what has the apprentice learned from their time on programme and how have they gained their knowledge, skills and behaviours from that training provider. That's what they're going to be looking at. Um, certainly from an endpoint assessment quality standpoint, um, we're almost audited to the um, up to his teeth. Um, we've got individual external quality assurance bodies that come and look at our processes and our assessments. Then we've got the SFA that overall control the register of endpoint assessment organisations and applications. And then we've got the IFA who we're going to walk in to make sure that we're actually delivering the endpoint assessment in the sense it was intended to do from a trailblazer group. So, you know, three regulators there, as well as Ofqual being thrown into the mix if they're the nominated endpoint, uh, external quality assurer. So really, um, employers and providers can have that faith that we are, we are scrutinised as much as the provider is to make sure the endpoint assessment is done well. I hope you enjoyed this podcast why not click subscribe so you can be informed when the latest next individual podcast or podcast mini series from fe news are going to be released